Hey, it's Dan here. If you want to hear this episode of the Backchat Podcast without ads and get extra content that no one else gets, head to backchatstudios.com.au where you can sign up as a patron and access all of our bloody good merch. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. G'day, welcome to the special edition of Back Chat. We have the man of the moment, the great man himself, Dan, is our guest on the podcast. He's what? Oh, Dan Ricardo. Dan Ricardo. Not Dan Const. Not Dan Const. Dan Const, Will Schofield here for Back Chat. A very, very big thank you to our sponsors, our partners, Whippersnapper, Blue Bet, Margaret River Roasting Co., Shelter, Leadable Cameras, and of course, Dean Bradley. Uh, they're the guys that look after us. And we are bringing to you a really good chat with Dan Ricardo. It's not yes. the longest. No, it's not. He's a tough guy to pin down. He is. So um, have a listen. Tune in. Daniel Ricardo. if you want to support us, backchatpodcast.com.au. Hang around at the back end. We're going to have a, we're gonna have a sit down, Dan and myself, and let you know how the chat came about, um, the background and insights into sitting down with an F1 driver, mm-hmm. uh, the paddock access. We're going to get right into it after the chat, but here's Dan Ricardo. So I was uh, sitting down with your great man, Michael Italiano, trying to prepare for a bit of an interview we did with him and came across some footage, Daniel, okay? Mm-hmm. And I hadn't seen the footage. I was aware that this happened, but I was kind of busy that I kind of just got lost in the... And I watched the vision and it gave me um, full tingles, like full spine to like hair I think I, know, I think I know what this I'm, is. I don't have the footage. I just got a photo. Can you remember... Do you remember this? Yeah. Mate, can you tell me where, what, tell me what happened there? I was losing, so, all right, so. Talk me through that story so of how that happened. Obviously 2018 My man, GF. 2018, grand final. So, we were in Sochi, and there's not always, like, a whole lot to do in Sochi, but it was grand final weekend, and I was like, this is good. We got, yes. we got a big, a big event on. Yes. So, we started watching it in one area in like some little tv compound you, on some little deck chairs this is race we, weekend though. yeah, yeah right? this is saturday i've seen you now on race weekend how did you get time to fit in a three and a half hour game of football just committed to the game really yes. yeah so i got up early watched it and we were all keen we were up for it and like as i said you know we had to uh, anyway so anyway so first quarter i remember well you remember better than me it was <laughs> A terrible first quarter. Yeah, thank you. I'd thrown stuff. I was like, I was way too animated. And I was I was pretty much like, I kind of don't even want to watch this because 
I'm going to get so mad and I've got qualifying and I'm just going to be not in a good place. But I was like, i got to watch it. You never know what can happen. Yeah. So then we eventually moved into the Red Bull motorhome. So we got comfortable. We had some breakfast, got them to set the game up. And all of a sudden, the boys are back in town. Yes. And then I was just, I was so jacked up. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a very passionate sports fan. Like if I'm watching, I can't sit inside. The vision I saw was like <clears throat> on the siren. Veins and everywhere. Fremantle fan Michael Italiano was next to you, right? <laughs> Because I had him on the podcast on Backchat and I said, mate, why when you like you stood up and your veins were popping out of your yeah, neck? Yeah. He, I didn't even see him clap, not yeah. a smile. Why, why are you working with Fremantle people? What happens if Fremantle wins the flag this year? Have you thought about that? You know what? I'm I'm ex- I'm actually for you you're gonna I'm flagman. I'm all okay, flag, flag right, mate. I was gonna say, like I'm I'm at it as as passionate as I am about sport and as much as I love watching it. I'm, I'm past the point of like hating a team or yes. anything like that. Yes. I think because I, I certainly like understand a bit more about an athlete now and I respect all everyone's journey. So of course I'm still going to have my team, but like if Rio go and win a flag this year, good on him. Western Australia. Long time coming. Yeah. So I, that's kind of where I'm at. I've got a saying to throw at you, right? Okay. Forwards sign mem- uh, sell memberships. Forwards sell memberships. Mid sign sponsorships, backs win premierships. What are you? If you're an AFL player, what are you? I'm just the little guy that runs no, everywhere. You're I'm either a, a forward, a mid, or a back. Nice. And you know, and, I, and I'll tell you right now, you're not a back. No, he's a wing, he's a seagull. He's yeah. a seagull. <laughs> <laughs> Mids. Yeah, mate. Sign. Do you know what I'm good sponsorships. for? Sponsorships. Do you know what? Yeah, I sign sponsorships. So that's me. Look. Basically, basically, it's the men's department, the looks department, and the money department. Yeah. Or are you on the bench? No, no, no. One thing I will say is that whistle blows and that siren goes, I'm running all day. <laughs> yeah. Is that another saying? No, I just That whistle goes. <laughs> that was beautiful, though. <laughs> what? So the, the, the only, like, the early years of me playing team sports, that was, like, the only thing I was really good for was I would just I would just chase the ball. I just would not give up. We ask our guests on back chat, first question. Michael had it, answered it very well. We asking your man Blake at some time as well. We ask them, right, we have you on and we go, okay, you're an absolute champion, mate. You're an F1 driver. You're you've won races. You you're an incredible athlete, but I'm here to tell you I don't really care. Yeah. I want to know your greatest sporting achievement, not on the racetrack. You can't, you can't tell me that you've won races. It doesn't matter. I want to know greatest sporting achievement. I was the under nine state, un, uh, state 80 meter hurdling champion. Dan Conce, my partner in crime, took five for 16 in a cricket grand final. Yeah, you look like a cricketer. <laughs> and what can you do that you, other than driving? Give me your greatest sporting achievement, not on the, not on the, not on the track. I was good at cross country as a kid. Look, give it to me. This is good. Well, I say I was good. I came fourth in like into school. So I wasn't like, I wasn't a gun. Do you want me to sum up my sporting achievements yes, off please. the racetrack? Yes, please. Good at everything, great at nothing. Master of all trades, jack, jack, jack of all jack trades, of all master trades. of none. Yeah. And I'm probably not doing myself justice. I feel I'm great at What's something. Great? Mate, you must have done something. You must uh, have had a medal. Table tennis. 
I'm really good at table tennis. Bring up table tennis, mate. <laughs> That's how we met. Table tennis. Yeah. When I beat you in table tennis. I don't think you beat me. I think I did. Yeah, you probably did. Uh, last question. Um, F1. I probably bowled Stoinis out at some point in backyard cricket too. I didn't. He was so much better. You've got me. to claim that though. Last yeah. question. Um, where are you going to be next year? Other than McCutt? No, just joking. I'm just joking. Hook, <laughs> <laughs> line, no. and sinker. Hook, no, no, line, no, and no, sinker. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. I have one last question. Oh, I I, I, one thing you've got to know about Blake. Security. Blake is like... He's he's literally he's two people. He's like the sweetest guy ever, but he's also fucking ruthless. Like he's both. No, I have one. I have, I have one last question. It, it's got to be F1 related. I'm going to ask you one F1 question, but it's AFL related. Yeah. If we go to the paddock right mm -hmm. now, the 20 drivers, and you take yourself out of it, uh -huh. who Ooh. who could who could play? Who am I poaching? Who could no? Who could, yeah? Who could you put into an AFL team? Who's the most likely? bloke in that paddock to be able to go out and play AFL? I feel like it's a good question. It is. So, only from like experience, okay, so and, and why? Some, some are certainly like, it's really weird. I say some, quite a few race car drivers I've seen are only good at race car yeah, driving. Like, well, I mean like you. Like the, you couldn't answer. <laughs> even like hand-eye coordination, like right, right, right. it's it's kind of bad because sometimes you'll do like activities with some drivers and like they can't even catch. I'm not even kidding. you like, all right, anyway. Um, We're going to take the footy into so the paddock and test it. I want to see out. what they're like. Yeah. But actually, so I did, obviously, I spent quite a few years with Max. And we did, like, we did a few t things, like, with soccer balls. We did some stuff with um, American football. Went to, like, a college to kick some balls and that. He's got a really good kick on him. Um, Max. Yeah. So, like, in terms of putting his foot through a ball, Max is definitely going to be okay. I didn't and he's, think he's quite stocky. Like, I think he'd be built pretty well, so... That's like my quick answer. Who I'll like, I'm a safe, safe bet with Max being I, I was not an embarrassment. Like, I was kind of like hoping to be like Yuki or something, like just like this little pocket rocket, like get him in the middle, like a couple of little borks, couple of little spins, kick a couple, like little like Willy Rioli type setup. Just, I mean, he he probably is. I just I haven't seen it. Great, um, mate. I'm not even gonna wrap it up. Good man. Well done. Thanks. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having us. No worries. <laughs> Well, there you have it. I know, I told you, it was short, sharp. Um, but we're back here in Backchat Studios. We're back from Europe. That was filmed, of course, in his motorhome. Yeah. Motorhome's a nice way of... It's, it's probably a downgrade from what you're saying. We're going to get into how this all came about. I think um, the insight's probably worth a listen. So, look, if you want to shut down and turn off now, go for your life. But um, I think it's interesting how this all came about. So That's right. We, we started putting it all together... Um, probably about six to eight weeks before we actually flew to Europe. We did have to go and fund <laughs> the whole thing. Last minute. Yeah, we had to go and like fund out the whole thing ourselves. There was, you know, probably questions around COVID protocols over there to yep. start. Like what, how, how all that works. So had to get our accommodation sorted, our flight sorted, did all that ourselves. Um, KO came on as a partner and that was, you know, terrific for us. We did some social content for them. But the entire pitch, both to Daniel Ricciardo and his management and then, you know, guys that helped, you know, helped get us over there and KO, Bluebet, both came on board, yep. was initially it was, it was pitched as an insight piece. Yeah. It was like tag Daniel Ricciardo around the paddock. Stay in his pocket. You know, we're talking Tony Liberatore type stuff yeah. where just follow him around, see what he does because um, there's been a lot of, you know, 
interest and, and following of F1 from people that don't know a lot about it from Drive to Survive, right? Yeah, that's how I got into it. Yeah, same as me, really. Like, I mean, I've been following Dan's career for a long time. Yeah. So wanted to provide that insight and access to an F1 driver that you, you know, you get a bit of it in Drive to Survive, but we wanted to get sort of even further behind the covers and yeah. not, not his actual covers. No. I'm sure he would nice. happily have us there. But it was started with, I met Dan Ricciardo uh, playing table tennis in the West Coast Eagles club rooms. Apparently he's quite good at table tennis. 12 years ago. Look, he beat me quite convincingly, but I tell everyone I beat (laughs) beat him. But since then, we've stayed in touch. So there has been that personal connection. Um, Reached out to him um, about six, eight weeks before we went to Europe and kind of pitched that idea. Why don't we show the people of Australia what it's like to be an F1 driver and what it's really like. Not not a produced Netflix show. Yeah, which is, you get good insight, but they sit down for interviews. We wanted to sort of film him coming in and out of media, filming him in appearances. Fly on the wall type stuff. And honestly, they were like, great, we fucking love it. That's that's his management. And Dan, it was like, really would like to show people what it's really all about. So we got the go ahead, got the all clear, thought, okay, let's do this. And then we went into, you know, fly to com, um, staffing, that sort of stuff, equipment. I will just say quickly from my point of view, you mentioned it maybe three months ago, yeah. four months ago. You're like, hey, I'm thinking about trying to get over to Europe, follow down for a bit, like you should come. And I was like, oh, yeah. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, probably not going to happen. Yeah. About three weeks before we left, you're like, hey, um, I need your passport number. That's what going. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> it's all happening. That was pretty much the chat between us both. Yeah. Four months do you want to do it? You're like, yeah, of course I do. Yeah, of course, if it can, if it can happen. Ne- and then, next minute, passport number. Yeah, and I had to say to my wife, um, I'm going to Belgium in three weeks. <laughs> it was an interesting chat, but we got there. We really did. Yep, we did. So we, we had it all cleared off. And you know, from the six weeks out where we got it ticked off and then we went to organising everything and we had sponsors come on board and you know, it was a big process. It was stressful. And we had back chat going in the background. Um, within that six weeks, of course, Daniel Ricciardo effectively gets himself sacked mm. from McLaren. And where, if you want to fall on that, uh, not really doing an F1 breakdown here. No. But that's what happened. He got sacked. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's contracted for yeah. next year and someone else is coming in and taking his spot. Yeah, so that happened. Um, so not only, I guess, first of all, it created more interest in the F1, especially in Australia, given Piastri was the guy taking his job. Mark Webber is the manager of Piastri, so he's the former F1 Australian champ. And Daniel essentially took Mark Webber's seat yeah. at Red Bull. So it was, a, it was uh, exciting to say. I was like, mm-hmm. wow, we couldn't be getting dropped into a more exciting yeah, well pot wind. of... Yeah. <laughs> But then I guess on reflection, it made things a lot harder. Um, Again, in all honesty, like Ricardo, um, Ricardo's team, um, be it McLaren as well as management, as well as Dan himself, were put in a tricky position because he was contracted. McLaren effectively voided the contract. And there was some real um, politics being played behind Mm -hmm. the scenes. And we were getting dropped into that, i.e. on the Wednesday. We got there Thursday. On the Wednesday night, it was announced that it was happening. It was always yeah. rumoured, yeah. but Wednesday night it was confirmed. Writing was on the wall for a while. So we get there Thursday morning, and mm. he's been sacked from a job that he's had for 10 years That's right. in the F1. So, I mean, it, in the end, it probably wasn't a positive thing for our insight piece because they had to effectively close the doors and yes. say, we're not doing any external media, whether and we know it or enough. not. Yeah, it was fair enough, but selfishly, it made things difficult once we got over there. Oh, very hard. Um, so that's why, it's a bit of an expect- explanation of why you know, this big piece we were building kind of got shortened to the chat you just listened to, which was fun, right? Yeah, I, it was fun. Oh, hopefully you just listened to it. Hopefully yeah. it was fun. The only the only time you see Daniel Ricciardo at the moment sit down with anyone, it's with the McLaren team and it's him naming like 10 Australian things that people wouldn't get or, you know, 
So this was yeah. this was in the second week that we were in Europe. The first week was just a shit show. Like it was pretty much press conferences, yeah. uh, Daniel answering questions around his future. You know, which we had a bit of pressure on us, given that we're you know one of the only Australian journalists, and I use journalists in inverted commas over mm. there. It was like, what's he doing next year? Get us the answers. Oh, yeah. Want to sit down with him for an hour, talk about his future? That's right. Uh, those who have listened to the podcast for a long time know that that's not really what we're about. We're not mm. really a news breaking, scoopy stuff. We're not. We're not kind of built like that. So it put us in a difficult position too, because the fact of the matter is, we were there and that was happening. But it was like, well. We kind of we're here to do an insight piece, and now it's turning into a news breaking piece. That's right. It was something new for us to learn about, but and at the same time, and Dan literally had no answers. Like we, you couldn't, you could ask him where you're driving next season, and he, you know, there's a lot up in the air. It wasn't like he just was holding back; he didn't want to tell anyone. We either. saw him every day. He legitimately was like in the whirlwind as much as everyone else. Yeah. So, look, it just I guess I just want to explain that from you know production and content point of view from our our side of things we we probably had you know well, i certainly had grander plans for like a big sit down and, yep. and talk Proper about back chat episode yeah yeah talk yep. all things f1 which look it didn't eventuate but what did eventuate was that sit down which honestly is probably more our style we ended up <laughs> like trekking through sand dunes from yeah. it was in um zandvoort mm. uh in amps netherlands and to get to the motorhomes you could like take a six kilometer round journey around the track yep. or cut straight through the guts over sand we dunes. jumped fences yeah you actually struggled i you cut got, my hand you're very, and it was got infected you're very distressed about that <laughs> yeah, um, but tetanus yeah you were, you were researching tetanus anyway we end up in this it was so random like there's so much money and so much um fame with the f1 and you know we come through this sand dune into like it was like a Call of Duty map. It was, was. kind of like yep. a big car housing. Park, it was like there was like concrete was, building, yeah, like community housing yep. almost. Yep. And then it was like, like a hotel at the back, but it didn't look like a very ho- good hotel. And there was just all these fucking motorhomes packed yep. into this this car park. And they were all the F1 drivers. Like there was twelve of them there, yep. all back to back to back to back. Like kind of looked looked like a Tetris that like someone yep. was doing it drunk and kind of yep. didn't get it right, <laughs> and they just chucked them all together. Or it was like at the back of like a DHL depot with just a bunch of trucks. But the up. depot had an F1 party there. So when we rock up, there's just music cranking. And I don't know if you can hear it much in the interview, but there is this like sing-along music being played track after track after track. And these guys, this is like nine o'clock at night. These guys are getting ready to go to bed and there's this huge party happening. Yeah. So yeah, it Daniel was, just, was like, is yeah. this, is this going to, it's going to happen all night. Yeah. It was, it was just funny in the, in the whole scheme of things of two weeks of really strict um, access in terms yep. of like uh, the actual passes we had, the access that was provided and, and fame and money. And then we just find ourselves sitting on a couch in yep. a motorhome, which was like a loose term for what that was. It was just like yep. a trailer. Yeah. You know, I sitting think at w- one point, like it was um, very real. It, yeah, it just was very, real. very real compared to all the other stuff, which is like, yeah, surreal, polished. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was Daniel like for you at at his workplace? Effectively, like you, you see him on the screen, he's this like mm. super fun guy, and um, you know he's professional, like he's an elite athlete. But what did you find him to be like when you were just like walking around and spotting him? Well, uh, probably more like an athlete. I think what people see is like, oh, you know, laughing Daniel Ricciardo in front of the cameras. Yep. Um, you know, happy go lucky. I oh, just like this. He's cruising around. Oh, he's a yep. nice guy. That doesn't change. Super, yeah. 
But when you see behind the scenes more, he's focused. Like a yeah, lot of the, I would say like in. 70, 80% of the time, he's just either going to his, he's got like a locker room, yep. um, which is in like a big, another big motorhome. This one's like a proper polished yep. McLaren one, but he has like his own room in there. He's either pumping in there, yep. getting changed into race kit, getting changed into sponsor gear, yep. a lot of back and forth. Um, and ga- game face on like 78% of the time, yeah. I reckon. And and no real downtime. Like he None. he might stop for a meal, stop for lunch, stop for dinner, but he's either going to, a, like you said, a press conference or a meeting with his engineers. It's it's go- it's like a, he's like full-time workplace. We had, we had the schedule. Remember yeah. we had the schedule That's in Belgium. Right, yeah. um, and, and there was no gaps. That was another thing. It was like, shit, like even if we hadn't got this in, so I don't know where we would have fit in it. Like no. he wouldn't have had an hour to do it. He would have had to give it like late at night. Which I was surprised with, which has ended up what we ended up, you know, mm. pulling together. But look, one, I, uh, yeah. One thing we did get though was a long chat with Michael Italiano, yeah. his uh, personal trainer, which was super interesting. And you can go back and listen to that. That was a really good chat. And and I think people, honestly, I think people would see Michael Italiano on like our um, feed and go like, oh, I don't really know who that is, might not listen. But he's literally the guy that stands with Daniel like, He's with Daniel all the time. He knows he's, him inside out. If you're a dodgeball fan, he's his consigliatore. He's yeah. like, <laughs> like he he preps his helmets. He preps. He gives him drink bottles while he's driving. Yeah. He he he's like his guy. You know, game day. He's like yep. his personal coach. Yeah. But then outside of game day, he does everything else with him mm. too. Preps his meals, all his fitness regime, his yep. sleep routines. Um, his travel routines, like he's his guy. He's also just his good mate as well. You can hear him laughing in you know when we when we have a bit of a laugh about where he's doing next year. Yep. I think he's you know if you watched it on YouTube, you would have seen him. Yep. they all stay together. Like they yep. all stay together at the track. Blake yep. is his manager, who's is is there too. They're kind of like this threesome of guys that yep. they're all Aussies. Yep, kind of like the only Aussies in the paddock kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, um, they go out to dinner together. Like they stick together. They're a real solid team. Yeah. Um, and then we actually saw them all at Optus Stadium. Oh yeah. Um, a few weeks later, which what? is funny. We, we, with that trip all wound up and it was awesome. We go back to Perth. How many weeks later? Should we just not have gone to Europe? We could have just caught him at Optus <laughs> yeah. Stadium. Two or three weeks later, you text me one Wednesday morning. You called me. You're like, it was oh, the hey. same as the Europe. Yeah, trip. you're like, hey, what are you doing today? I was like, oh, a few things, this and that. You're like, oh, you said, oh, cool. Um, we need to go Optus Stadium. Daniel Ricardo's there. I was like, okay. <laughs> so we so we drive in. What was that even for? Oh, mate, it's pretty funny. Like, I think we could talk about it. Like, it was like two days before the Optus breach yeah. of personal <laughs> Which data we had breach. nothing to do with. <laughs> <laughs> So it was at Optus Stadium announcing Daniel's uh, new partnership with Optus. We should check his Instagram profile to see if he deleted that off his profile. Yeah, so Chief of optimism, optimism. Well, they're going to fucking need some optimism yeah. down at Optus. Um, they were really great. They organised uh, me effectively to have a kick on the on the on the footy field with Dan. So the I'll, reason why is funny though, yeah. which is because they wanted a um, uh, Daniel to go be at Optus Stadium, have a kick around on the field yeah. with an Eagles player. Yeah. He's an Eagles fan, and he yeah. wanted that. And then they came into the problem that. The AFL is sponsored by Telstra. Yes. And players, like, you, you can't do anything for anyone else, right? No, it's like a conflicting relationship. Exactly. So Telstra. then they see that Will Schofield has been in Europe with Daniel and they give you a call. Yeah, correct. So that was, I mean, it was cool having a kick on the on the park with Dan. Like, it would have been nice to drive one of his cars while we were in Europe. Like, that, <laughs> that's a, fair. That's the equivalent, though. Like, <laughs> I'm taking him out in the oval, giving him a kick and showing what to do. Yeah. Did he, did he let us sit in the car? No, he didn't. No, I mean. Selfish. Yeah, I sort of can see the boundaries <laughs> there, but um, it was it was cool, and yeah, probably ca- caught up with him as much, if not more, <laughs> within yeah. the bowels of Optus Stadium. Then when we flew to fucking Europe and took yes. three people over with us, but I think he's probably getting to a stage where it's a little bit more relaxed. I think it's come out recently that he's potentially uh, weighing up 
being a backup driver for a, you know, a big team like a Mercedes or a Red Bull or something like that yep. um, over being a driver in the paddock. So who knows what his future will hold. Um, as you can hear, he's a big footy fan as well. So he's always got a footy with him. He's got this mini footy that he carries around. And yep. we had a bit of fun with that over the journey, kicking the footy around. I wore an Akubra a couple of days in there. <laughs> yeah. we, we really like played on the Aussie thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. And the other good thing about being in the paddock with him, because you know people pay a lot of money. I think five to 7,000 pounds to get into the area that we had access to, right? Did so, we pay that? No, no, hell no. Okay. Um, but, but when we were there, okay. because we knew Dan and he would come up, like he was familiar with us, he would come up and just give us like, you know, tap on the shoulder, like, hey, what's up? And then how many, walk how many times did he do that? It sounds like you're kidding. Oh, three or four. Like it was great. <laughs> but at the same time, you had these people that paid thousands of dollars to be there and would chase after drivers for mm. selfies, for autographs. And we're just there, Dan comes over and you just, like there was a couple of times people were like, oh my gosh, who are these guys? We're literally no one. <laughs> no one. <laughs> Absolutely no one. Sorry ones. to kill you guys. But we're just a couple of guys from Perth that Dan seems to, you know, have we, he, friends with you, but yeah, just some familiarity of Aussies. So it was, if, there was a couple of points where we felt like big dogs. I, um, I messaged Dan when I knew what we were going to have a kick on the f- part with. I was like, maybe we could get a photo together because like, the entire time in Europe, didn't get a photo with him. Yeah. Um, you guys, I, I took some photos of you I guys. I fanboyed hard. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, I just, it sort of felt weird for me, like getting a fan photo. Then I was like, oh, I probably should have just got like one photo with him. Didn't mm. get one. I'll just say, get one. Didn't get one. And I'll just say that. Like nothing. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Well, just that's. Let everyone let everyone know that Daniel Ricardo is my friend. Yeah. Yeah. He is. You guys are best buds. You tapped, you dapped up, you hugged. I saw it with my that's own good. eyes. Um, so, yeah, we'll have a bit of a clip dropping on Instagram um, from our Optus trip, but we've had to hold it a little bit given the controversy. Around. Yeah. But, like, hey, like like Dan said, it's not our fault that they No, there. it's not. The timing of him, the issues with McLaren were, weren't great for us, and now the timing. Everything of, uh, we touch turns to yeah. blue. Blue, yeah, that's right. That's um, it. Hope you enjoyed the chat with Danny Rick. Thought we'd give you some context. Hit us up in the socials, backchat double underscore, if you want to you know, know anything more about that, what we're doing there. And um, maybe we can do it another time with another shooting star. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Here's a cool fact: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact. You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.